Okay, guys, it seems like things are good to go here. Good evening to all the wonderful people tuning in tonight, and welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 220, your regular Sunday night Xbox talk show where we talk about, well, hey, you guessed it, Xbox and a bunch of other topics from around the game industry. Naturally, this is your host, Invader, and I am looking forward to all the points of discussion tonight, all the, the fine topics uh, the first episode for the Halo TV show dropped on Paramount. We'll give you our first thoughts and impressions on it. As well, Xbox has announced a new publishing division. We'll go into some details on that. Also, news coming out of the PlayStation camp. Ooh, should be interesting. All that and a few other things. But first, let me introduce the show panel. And if you did not see our social media post, we have an announcement. Crusader is officially joining the show as a full-time panel member. Crusader Bud, how do you feel uh, being an official part of the show? So, I was super, super, super excited when you guys asked me last week. I, I it's almost, it's a dream come true. I've always wanted to be on a podcast like this. And when Tim had first uh, reached out and asked if I wanted to be a guest last year, I got so excited, and then that that excitement tripled, quadrupled, you know. So I'm very, very, very happy to be here. All right. Well, I mean, of course, I was like totally against the thing, but the other guys pressured me. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm 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 just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But uh, no, it's great to have you on, pal. Uh, you're a wealth of information, and uh, yeah, looking forward to today's show and future shows with you. Uh, but yeah, guys, moving on further down the panel here. Hey, Tim, buddy, what's up? What's going on? Very happy to have Crusader join the show. Uh, really feel like he's going to be a, a, a really strong addition. Um, sometimes I miss shows, sometimes General MLD misses shows. But, uh, you know, you guys have always been pretty consistent. Uh, and I feel Crusader is going to be a, a really good add to this mix. We might be looking for another member. Um, we've discussed that, but that's down the line. We have some old guys that, that could still be welcomed if they still want to come on. But uh, we want to bring you guys a show every week. We want to make it uh, one of the top podcasts, and we want to bring you the knowledge. And uh, the reason why um, I, 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 I and Invader and others um, picked Crusader was the guy is very smart. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. And um, <clears throat> believe it or not, that's not <laughs> that's kind of hard to find. And uh, mm -hmm. we're just glad that he accepted uh, to come on. And uh, pleasure to have him. Other than that, uh, got over being sick. Uh, I have a couple things going on. Uh, uh, somebody in the community, Cal L, I'm going to be going to one of his services tomorrow. Uh, he passed away uh, from t from uh, TIC, uh, the inner channel, um, or the inner, uh, yeah, I think it was the, the inner channel, Tick, Tick Podcast. Yeah, that's the Great one. guy, great guy, great person, uh, very sad to lose him, and um, uh, I'm glad that I can at least pay my respects tomorrow. Uh, shout out to the, to, uh, to the people that gave me that information. Um, other than that, yeah, it's been a pretty rough time. Uh, just, you know, uh, uh, going through the, the motions. I know we've been kind of light on news. Uh, I think that's going to start to change in the next month or so. 
Uh, but we're going to have a good show tonight and happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim, by the way, I noticed you uh, showed off some cool things on your channel. Uh, did you purchase like something off of somebody that you know? Yes, well, I've actually given them... Uh, I actually um, had given uh, a friend of mine in Microsoft uh, one of his light boxes uh, just as appreciation through the years. And they were really impressed by it. Nerd Propellant, uh, you could see it on, on my Twitter. He does these like light boxes, and they're usually Xbox-centric. I showed uh, Bioshock, and I showed Starfield. Um, yeah, and I'm probably going to be giving them away. Uh, maybe we'll we'll talk about that on a podcast further down. The Starfield one, um, I might have a, a person that I want to give that to. But the other one... Um, the Rapture uh, for Bioshock is really cool. Different colors. Yeah, we might be giving that away. Uh, but he does great work. Check out my Twitter. I did a video and I put up some of his work. Uh, it's pretty affordable stuff. Great gifts. Stuff that you can hang on, on your wall. Uh, highly recommend it. I did a video outlining it. Um, Nerd Propellant is his name. And uh, follow him on Twitter. That is at... Nerd Propellant, I think it's P R O P E, uh, P R E L L A N T. Um, you'll just you'll 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 uh, you just look up my Twitter. You can just, and follow him up and look at his stuff. He's a good guy in the community. Um, I know some of the executives are uh, really uh, impressed by his work, and uh, he has over a thousand reviews of his, uh, his uh, stuff that he does. So he's legitimate, really class act. Packaging is done like, because of the nature of the box is uh, really superb. Um, have to say his experience and, and just his, uh, his help with everything, because well, I originally had come to him because I needed to send out to, I wanted to send out a gift to a friend at Microsoft and uh, that all went well, and, and he helped me out with that. So I, I, I uh, he, he wanted to give me these two to show off. And uh, he's part of the community. He's a great guy. To follow him up. Nerd Propellant. Uh, good to know. Thanks for sharing that, Timmy. Um, but, yeah, because those looked pretty cool from what I saw. I definitely check out uh, Tim's channel if you haven't already uh, for some video on that. Uh, moving on down the list here, Centurion Buddy. How you been the past week? I'm doing pretty good, man. How's everybody else doing? I mean, it's Sunday night. Tim Dog's feeling better. We have a new panel member with Crusader over here. I'm totally excited. Lots to chat about. A lot of great games. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of good things from some friends of mine about uh, Tina, uh, Tina's Crazy Wonderland or the new game from Gearbox that I'm actually just kind of circling on wondering if i have the time to even play it because i mean dude i'm drowning in a backlog i can't put down dying light 2 and there is just way too much to play yeah i was about to say you may want to resist for a little while just saying because i know your backlog it's similar to mine so oh man dude freaking the word backlog does not do it justice anymore log jam well, maybe pa yeah game pass also really uh kind of adds to that that backlog of making you feel guilty i mean you i haven't even touched uh galaxy yet uh that gtog mm. um you know uh guardians of the galaxy oh uh, my yeah, gosh right we just we're just the the backlog is just ridiculous mm -hmm. yeah and i downloaded that too from game pass it just i haven't just had the time really to delve into it but 
Yeah, we'll see. Heard some good things about it. Uh, moving on down here. Eric, buddy. Shockley. How you been? You been playing anything the past week? Uh, yeah, just trying to get through uh, Tunic. Um, but having a blast with that. The just it, It's almost like with that one with, like, Elden Ring that, like, you think it's going to be a much, like, shorter, just, like, small indie game, but you just keep getting unveiling new worlds and um, finding new like bosses and new abilities. So having a blast with that one, the music's really sick in that one as well. So definitely top notch game. I, I still don't know how one guy made it by himself. Cause this, this feels like on the level of like something like Ori to me. So it's like this guy did it by himself. Obviously he probably got somebody else to compose the music. I think, um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely quality game. Definitely download it, uh, give it a shot, uh, especially if you're into any of the uh, old old school Zeldas. But this one has a little bit of has some accessibility options for you as well. If in case you don't want to, you know, have the uh, like the Dark Souls feel to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely give that one a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny. I, I mean, I played a bit through Tunic. I have some gameplay going on here, and it's funny you mentioned the soundtrack shock because I just. I had to look up the soundtrack because, I mean, I like a good game soundtrack, and it's just, I don't know, it's it, it's really addictive, I find. It's got a really, I don't know, it's just, it's very easy to listen to, and I could just listen to it over and over again. It's very soothing. I like it. I like it personally. Plus, the game's fun, so that helps out, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a heads up, guys, MLD will probably not be making it to the Tonight Show. He has some stuff going on, but don't worry, he will be back. And to all you guys just joining in, please remember to share out the show, let everybody know that we're live, and hey, drop a like, and if you haven't done so already, sub to the channel, because hey, you know what, we got some really good stuff coming around the corner. Lots of uh, topics, more or less, down the line, I would assume, there's probably going to be a lot of news, and who knows, maybe some more interviews down down the way, I sure hope so. Alright, so guys, let's uh, start things off, kicking things into high gear by talking about the Halo TV show. It's uh, finally out, it, the first episode, it got released a couple of days ago, and of course, being an exclusive on Paramount+. Plus. So far, it's been averaging, well, to be honest, middling scores, it, it's not really doing too well with critics and fans alike, it's, I don't know, I just kind of, you know, just across the board, not really um, exciting a lot of people. I mean, I do see some people on Twitter kind of talking about it, but I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem to be getting a whole lot of really good energy behind it. I've watched it. I have my, I definitely have my thoughts, at least on this first episode. But I'm curious what everyone else thinks of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, buddy, I know you caught a bit of it. Uh, you know, what what do you think about uh, what you've seen of it so far? What's your thoughts on the like first episode or however much you've seen? I felt like we talked about a pre-show. I thought it would be bigger budget. I thought it would be more sci-fi. I, I thought the effects were, I don't know, they just weren't great, and and it the just the whole scene just failed to grab me. I watched the opening scene. Uh, I am going to go back to it, but uh, to say that it didn't pull me in the way a lot of other shows did uh, is uh, is the truth. I, I don't think that I'm going to like this that much. I saw some stuff online with, um, and we'll go into this, mm-hmm. 
um, a, a human running the or part of the covenant. Which, if you know Halo, you know that that's just absolutely silly. They're they're an alien race and they have nothing to do with humans. So there's a lot of stuff there that uh, I feel like uh, kind of should have been better and kind of should have been more um, guided with three four three. But to be honest, uh, it's I think it's just going to be like a mediocre mediocre a mediocre show. Um, it could get better. I have my doubts, um, but I wasn't expecting. I actually was thinking that it would be a lot better, but now my just my uh, expectation level is is kind of down. I don't like what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and um, kind of turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now again, I've seen the whole thing. The first 15 minutes of it were I, I actually thought were kind of interesting. I thought that the action sequence wasn't too bad, like with the elites and the humans. Uh, but everything just kind of after that felt flat for me. Um, I know a lot of people are picking on some of the CGI. I actually didn't mind some of the, the CGI, to be honest. Um, like, I'm not going to critique it too much. I'm just more about, like nitpicking about like maybe the elite armor and so on because some of like that elite armor you know what i felt yeah i felt like that like that was kind of not to interrupt but Hmm. yeah i kind of felt like that was weird and like just like how like like he shoots the one girl and her legs fall off (laughs) just felt like it was just kind of cheesy in a way and i just yeah the cgi didn't i know that you see it on a problem but it seemed off to me it didn't Mm -hmm. seem like high quality high budget Mm -hmm. yeah i know i've seen a lot of takes and honestly that's a fair comment uh in the chat uh, a lot of people uh, thought the show was pretty good which again that's fair guys honestly that's cool um but like i I just, again, with the elites, I just found it, like, I mean, you know, they can have different styles, but it's kind of weird that they have, like, again, like, there was a critique about, like, the Halo 4 and Halo 5 elites having, like, all this exposed armor and whatnot, so I'm I'm just kind of surprised that they, they went with that, because when you saw the Halo uh, Infinite elites, they, you know, they looked like proper sleek elites. Uh, these ones didn't really grab me as much, but I mean, I don't know. The action sequences kind of look cool to me. I like that they use the old plasma rifle, though. I thought that was cool, honestly, because uh, I really love the old plasma rifle, and I'd like to see it back. But, like, Tim, what do you think about this whole silver timeline thing? Like, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that they chose to do, like, a different timeline, like, story-wise, instead of just, yeah. you know, continuing with just, you know the uh like the preset already established universe i think the preset established universe stuff that we were familiar with was what i was expecting to be honest this silver lining alternative whatever you want to call it people have no idea who it is that they don't even like the u us unsc they're like thinking that they're like terrorists or whatever i don't know it just it, it just i wish they had went and um kind of had it like where it was hunt the truth which was a marketing campaign but i just felt like it would have just been uh better if they had kept more to the game or you can associate to the game or even play off on the game or you know have something similar but yeah i don't like i don't like that at all and i know people listen if you enjoy it that's great and i'm not here to say um 
you're wrong because we all have different opinions and this is TV show. This isn't even video games. So as a gamer, it really doesn't matter. I just would have liked something that was tied into uh, what we play. And, and, and this stuff is not easy. You know, even like Uncharted, which did very well and it was a movie, uh, the reviews were horrible for it. And everyone you know, said it sucked, but it did very well. Um, now, I know you and I talked about it that uh, the numbers that they're saying that it broke records might not mean that much because it's a relatively new service and they haven't had that much out. Maybe 1883, um, a couple of other shows. But mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it did break some records, uh, it, it, it is a little positive thing, I think. Um, you're going to have to see how this how this goes episode two and such mm-hmm. like i mean i've seen on twitter stuff people reacting to the show like oh my gosh like he took off his helmet i'm not too disturbed by that personally you know we we've seen him like master chief like there's been glimpses oh he took off his helmet at an end scene like at the end of a couple of games even like in expanded universe stuff in comics and in books like we, we know what he looks like it's just I'm kind of surprised that they all you know took off his helmet in the first episode, and he I don't know, he just he doesn't really look like uh Master Chief to me like uh, Pablo Schreiber the uh, the actor. Uh, maybe that's a small critique. It's just I I don't know I I don't really like the the casting overall personally. Just not really uh, doing it for me. Uh, even like the voice like when he has the helmet on, he kind of sounds like uh, Christian Bale from Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, like I I realize that Steve Downs, he can't do everything. I just I I just wish that they had maybe cast it a little more precisely, a little better in that regard. But again, I'm not like I'm not a showrunner or anything. What do I know, right? It's just that's how it comes off to me. Um, it just like to me, like I know we've known for a while. You know, at least for a couple of years that the show, like, well, I don't know if it's been a couple of years, actually, but we've known for a little while, though, that the show wasn't going to be canon. But there's so much that you can do in the established, like, Halo universe that you can expand upon. Like, take uh, Forward Unto Dawn, for example. Remember when they had that, uh, it wasn't a series, but they had that little, like, mini-movie uh, right before Halo 4, it was Forward Unto Dawn, and I told uh, like a little story there, but I, I believe that was still in-universe. And to me, I thought they did a pretty decent job there. I was more involved. This, because it's non-canon, I'm not really too much into it, to be honest with you. I'm just like, because they can just do whatever they want, and I, I don't know, I don't really like that personally. Um, I don't know. That's just me, guys. That's just me. Uh, but moving on down the... Uh, the panel here uh i don't think anyone else has really uh watched it uh crusader have you seen any clips or anything of the show have you been able to like see any media oh sorry i was talking on mute um <laughs> i have seen a few clips of it I- unfortunately paramount keeps refusing my credit card so i gotta contact them and figure out why because my credit card's not blocked by anyone else um but uh, I've seen a bunch of different reviews of it, of the first episode, non-spoiler reviews, ranging from this was actually pretty good to I absolutely hated it. And 
it almost feels like the Witcher TV show reaction from the fan base versus people who were just brand new to it on Netflix. It seems like that on steroids, where like a lot of ordinary people seem to to aren't real into that like the Halo lore, just kind of like they're going in based on the name. They're like, this is cool. And then people who are more diehard Halo traditionalists um, are more angry about it. And I think even in this panel, that's reflected. Um, right. I, I, I'm a diehard traditionalist, and, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the reported, uh, some of the, like, changes they made to the overarching story. I'm not, I do like that it's a separate universe. Because they don't have to go one for one if they want to tell a story that happens. They don't have to do it exactly the same way. That like it can be different, similar to like the Witcher show being its own universe apart from the books, but it's based on the books. At least there, it's pretty well based. This is it has the name and the the aesthetic, and that's about it. Um, but I think my biggest complaint from the reviews that I saw was that the music is like not even really halo inspired correct me if i'm if if that was a wrong review i read that the music just didn't feel like halo that is actually uh that was a kind of a sticking point for me too uh actually i made, um, made sure to write it down because it lacks that familiar classic halo theme it just to me again people in the chat you are more than welcome to disagree with me on this but it just it to me it's it was just very bland you know there was no even throughout the the show there there's not like really anything that kind of reminds me of halo you would think the intro music would be reminiscent of anything like it doesn't have to be marty o'donnell or anything obviously but just something you know just close to it just it didn't i don't know just wasn't there for me because you know, yeah, you you listen to any of the Halo soundtracks, even four and five or Reach, which were very distinct soundtracks from the rest of them. They didn't really have that inspired by that Halo One soundtrack, like Halo CE two, three, ODST, and now Infinite have had. Um, they're very distinct soundtracks, but they still have that same kind of sound element to them. Like you hear them, and it 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 elicits that like sci-fi epic um almost like star wars like feeling and from what i've heard of the show the the music is is off and that to me is is one of the biggest things because it's a very subtle thing when you're when you're watching like a sci-fi movie or a fantasy show uh when next time anyone in the audience is watching one think about the music and you'll realize that the the music really sets the tone of what you're watching like the, the music of Star Wars is so iconic and sets the the feel of Star Wars, even though every movie has slightly different. Like uh, Phantom Menace has the the great duel of the fates theme and then the the lightsaber combat theme and revenge of the, the Sith. They set that kind of sci-fi feel. And if it's missing that, then it, it's going to miss on some people just subconsciously. Um, so... And we do know that this was renewed, correct? This show actually was renewed for a season two, I think. Yes. Already, wasn't it? Yeah. That's so correct. I I'm hoping that they get some of this feedback. And of course, they can't necessarily, it, like, some things are more or less set in stone, right? Like, they, they are going to be in this alternate universe, and there are going to be plot points that are going to be fundamentally different 
But there's some things that they can improve upon in, in a second season based on feedback we're giving today. And like that's like things like the armor design and stuff like that. Uh, effects they they can spend a little bit more time on stuff and, and stuff like that. So overall, I think that the the show will is probably going to be more good than bad, but I, I, I there's definitely quite a bit to critique about it from what I've seen from what I like the the clips that I've seen and the reviews that I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's a fair comment, honestly, uh, Crusader. Um, moving on down the list here, um, Centurion Pal. I'm, I know you haven't uh, been able to uh, view the show, but uh, has there anything that's been striking you from like commentary from other people or like some other clips of media that you've seen around? Striking me. So that's where. You you you've seen the photo of my movie collection. You know how big of an entertainment like yeah entertainment whore that I am. I just love entertainment. Um, it's very interesting how a lot of people have asked for them to one for one the lore from Halo the game into into Halo the television show. And I've never, ever in the history of um, Hollywood, at least top of my head, have ever really seen them one for one anything. I'm always used to them um, trying to, you know, forget, forgive saying it like this, but just I don't want to say fit a narrative, but, you know, they always take on what's going on with world events and they somehow incorporate it into the television show to kind of fit what's going on in the world and they also tweak things completely out of uh like um it's very interesting that we're dealing with halo which is on paramount plus and if anybody knows a lot about paramount pictures they are also associated with star trek and what did they do to the star trek franchise they love going back in time and just screwing with the lore and i mean when they came out with the star trek movie uh, the pretty much there hadn't been a Star Trek movie in a very long time, and it was the very first one that came out. I think J.J. Abrams helped oh, direct it. Oh, yeah, with Chris Pine as Kirk and whatnot. Yeah, and now it's now being referred to as the Kelvin timeline Star Trek movies, and that's because the ROM, you know, forgive it. If you guys don't watch that movie by now, you obviously don't like Star Trek. I don't like giving out spoilers, but let's just face what it is. The Romulans go back in time, and they basically kill Kirk's father, which basically creates this ripple effect through the entire the all the movies now. They basically know that somebody went back in time and screwed with something, and everything that has happened because somebody is screwed with something has been as a result of it being messed with. Um, and so, therefore, the Star Trek series was completely thrown on its head. And for a while, I actually didn't know if I liked it or not, but I, it actually grew on me. I enjoyed watching them, and I actually feel that it was actually a really cool, unique idea. Um, now, that's where, when it does come to what the Halo, tel oh, excuse me, the Halo television series, the one thing I have seen, though, a lot of people talk about are the little things, like the music not being Halo. I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I even read a couple articles. Uh, I remember on Twitter, somebody slowed down one of the images and there's a Chevy Tahoe in the background. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's where it, it's little things like that that can amount up. Like, And now if Tim Dog's saying it's low budget, you know, I can handle low budget. You know, we all watched, uh, you know, I think it was like Deep Blue Sea or whatever it was with LL Cool J and the Sharks. 
um you know we we, we have seen some very low budget fx i'm pretty sure that it that you know if i shouldn't say i should say i thought it would be really high budget effects where it's it's okay budget effects but i just thought it would be more state of the art to be honest <laughs> there's a plasma pistol in one of the shots that's not painted <laughs> see yeah. it, it, it's little stuff like that <laughs> it, it's little stuff like that where you're just like oh man because i really enjoy the old school um um school i enjoy the old school hollywood james cameron uh with titanic and aliens um i mean like holy cow dude some of the detail that were that like every minute thing had to fit and definitely it, it says something about a director when the simple things get through like an unpainted gun or a chevy tahoe that still looks like a chevy tahoe i mean it, it's stuff like that now that's where you begin to worry um about you know, is the franchise in the right hands? Because we obviously want somebody that has an attention for detail. Um, and that's where I'm obviously going to wait till there's a good couple episodes stacked up. So that way I can get into another subscription service because that seems to be all the rave nowadays. And that's the only reason why I have not watched it is because I'm just like, man, another subscription service. Do well, I really want to add another one again like like i was telling you before the show uh, uh centurion uh there is it was it in the game pass ultimate perks there's i can't remember if it's a month long or three month long a month. Say, it's a month. 30 it's a days month for paramount plus and that's what i use because i have no other reason to view paramount plus like or have another streaming service like you were just saying but it's there if you want to check it out at some point right so right but uh, I definitely I want to check the show out now. I just wanted to back up what uh, Crusader said a few minutes ago on music. Now, music, especially if it doesn't fit, that could be a big freaking problem. Uh, like he named off a, a couple of them, but Mass Effect. We all know oh, Mass. Yeah. We know the music from Mass Effect if you're standing in the room with it. Um, and another franchise that has really benefited and really gotten a lot of headway for Netflix has a lot has brought back a lot of synthwave and popular stuff for the 80s was Stranger Things. So music like that, I mean, really can actually have a very big influence on a show. And if if people's, you know, assumptions are right or just the way they feel that it doesn't fit, definitely that could be a big problem. Possibly. I don't know. I just, I mean, I'll watch like the next couple of episodes, uh, depending, well, depending when they drop, I have to look at the schedule, but and I just, it feels just very off to me. I just, I don't know. Again, maybe it's just I, because I'm not cool with like having the other timeline. It's just like, again, if you like it, like, that's fine. It's just like, I, I like, there's just th certain things that I just can't reconcile with, with this show. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Crusader. I was just saying at the very least, this is from everything I've seen, this is far far leagues and miles away better than the final season of game of thrones um mm. like that that was a train wreck of everything we've been talking about that that's wrong with this was horrible with that mm. and so you know this at least there are people enjoying this well, um, but at least with Game of at least with Game of Thrones, that. at least with Game of Thrones, you had a, a few seasons of really good stuff that were good. <laughs> and you know, 
maybe this will be there's a lot of shows where like the first season's the weakest one the star wars the clone wars is an excellent cartoon show love it to death first season is awful <laughs> same with star wars rebels the first season was a disney show and then after that it's like oh wait people like the the star wars for like some of the brutal things and then you just get people like thrown off cliffs and like with the force and crap and it's great um so you know I, i'm hoping that it may you know that there is a lesson to be learned here and that uh as the the show progresses into a season two it will be um th there will be many improvements one can hope uh moving over to you eric um shock like i don't think you've had a chance to uh really watch anything either but have you seen any like other media clips like some videos or anything uh or what people have been saying like uh I don't know, what do, you, what do you think of the reception so far? Yeah, it was like halfway through it, um, through the first episode. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind it because otherwise we would know exactly where the show's like, you know, going with everything. Um, so there wouldn't be much to like not <laughs> not know, um, like if it was one for one. So I don't mind them like tweaking stuff, kind of like when you have comics, like you'll have different you know authors take on this character and you know take on this villain in this way and you'll have many different depictions um so if you if you know looking at it like that and just enjoying it for like what it is at least for the first half of it you know i definitely didn't mind it um and especially in the effects were good enough for i would say like a tv show you know i've seen just as rough cgi and like black panther <laughs> um like we know they're um if you watch that one there's like a few scenes where the cgi is kind of shoddy um so i mean give it that you know multi-million or yeah million dollar uh budget marvel movies have the same issues um yeah i didn't mind it and the brutality in it was cool i didn't expect that since it was like tv14 yeah to be fair i liked that aspect i liked that aspect to be honest it just kind of shocked me because i was like whoa body parts flying in a halo game yeah like i think yeah one of the first scenes it was like the top i don't understand maybe if like the bottom half but it was just like her head and top torso got shot off so i was like oh okay um but otherwise i'm enjoying it so far um we'll see how that goes so we'll have to see like you know where they're gonna taken what you know if there's any twist on it you know so that aspect you know who knows if that will go that way but that's a potential where it's cool of like oh, okay cool i didn't you know know that part was coming um so i mean with the game of thrones i don't i never read the books um obviously i think that f followed it pretty much if, i think one i know they may have flipped some things around but I think overall story arc that followed uh, pretty much the books. Um, so I can't say if like there was twists from the books that were in the show on like something like that. Uh, but that's always cool if they can like flip something and you know, you're not um, expecting everything to go exactly. Cause it's cool when you see like stuff like beauty and the beast and then they do the live action. It's cool to see it in live action. Literally that's a movie that's like one for one shot for shot. Um, but in this instance, I think it's, you know, it, it'd be cool if they did either or, but I understand they might need to go something like this because they have to, like, also have to have dialogue. You can't just, like, you know, maybe do one for one 
like we how we you know we played the games and chief is like by himself for the majority of his journey well <laughs> if he's just talking to cortana the whole time and even though cortana you know only gives him updates every so often so it's like you're gonna just be talking just with two people the whole time like i so i get why you know the liberties they're taking to already have him with a team so he can actually um you know converse and we'll see how they take it but um shockley no to do the add on to the whole one for one thing what i was really getting at was uh i remember growing uh when i was a kid i read uh jurassic park the book and in the book the the guy the creator the old man the, that created jurassic park actually dies in the book but when you go mm -hmm. and watch the movie totally not what happened uh and, yeah, and that's, here the book yeah. on that one's completely different from the movie yeah and that's where I, I remember reading books back in the day and then going to go see the movie. And at that point, I just got used to like, oh, man, they just have liberties with whatever they want. They never like I mean, dude, if you if you go back and see how Ghostbusters was created, if you go watch uh, the documentary on that, there was rewrites going on during the middle of filming. So they didn't even know what mm -hmm. they what they were filming sometimes. I mean, Hollywood is just absolutely crazy at times. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if the, if it's one for one, they might be able, and so it might not get made. Like if someone's just going to like, oh, well, if I have to only take it that way and I can't, you know, make it how I want to make it cool, I'm not, I'll just pass on that and I'll take on a different license of something else that I can have liberties with. So we might not even, and that may have been the, the, uh, the issue of like, who knows why the whole Peter Jackson thing never happened, you know, 15 decade years ago. Um, that was supposed to happen. We thought we were going to get a Halo movie made by Peter Jackson, like in the mid two thousands, but, but that could have been an issue of like, Hey, you can't take certain liberties. And then I can see where someone like Peter Jackson would be like, okay, cool. I'll just move on to something else. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you can make some creative decisions. I'm, I'm not saying that yeah. you have to be one for one with everything. I mean, Again, like, you know, I see the word traditionalist being thrown around here, and that may be that may be so in some cases, at least for myself. Um, but, I mean, I just find that there's a lot of unnecessary changes in, mm. in the show right now. And if I will I, say I'm in your same boat, uh, Invader. Yeah. Um, because when I read Fall of Reach, and when I heard 343 was making Reach, and then that's what we got, I was upset so because okay. <laughs> i was like oh wait i thought i was getting to get play all that through those scenarios and all the cool things that happened in that book and then i was like oh no i'm not master chief i'm okay oh well <laughs> yeah so i, I mean, get what you're saying i get where you come from so yeah well well wait well i mean reach i mean reach was, do, was still done by bungie but um like it doesn't like again it doesn't have to be one for one it doesn't even have to be based around master chief for crying uh, for crying out loud i mean um it's just again how you go about things and i mean i won't i won't go into like the topic for very much longer but it just it just it depends on how you deal with certain things and i just just judging by the first episode alone i don't know how long i'm gonna stick with the show um Guys, I, I'm a huge Halo fan. I've been invested with Halo for a long time. I buy all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I got boxes full of stuff. Actually, I've been boxing up stuff right now just because of uh, um, been moving some things around. Get but, them Halo work boots. 
Uh, no, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge shoe guy, to be honest. But you know, other people can do that. But I bought like a bunch of the statues, the uh, different editions uh, for the game. I've met Master Chief. Like I, I've done, like I've done a lot for the series. I and it's just I, I don't know. Like I, I just I don't know if I can support this show personally. But I, I will, you know, watch the next couple of episodes and see how it goes. But uh, again, guys, you're you're more than welcome to enjoy. You're more than welcome to watch it. I see again some guys in the chat. You know that's fine. It's not a problem with me, guys. You know you do you. It's just I, I I don't know if I can uh, stick with it personally. Um, but yeah, guys, I think we'll move on to another topic. But uh, yeah, we'll see how this the show goes down the road. Uh, but yeah, moving on to some other news, guys. Uh, Xbox has officially unveiled a brand new publishing division that's focused on cloud-native games. Uh, Microsoft states that the, the division works with studios to develop cloud-native titles and bring them exclusively to the Xbox ecosystem. So, I mean, some interesting wording going on there. I mean, I would love to get to know everyone's thoughts on this topic, but you know what? I'll start this one off with our newest edition, uh, Crusader. Uh, what are your thoughts and impressions on like Microsoft making this move? Sorry, <clears throat> making this move with this uh, publishing division. So, this is a super, super, super big deal. Um, this, if you combine this with um. The Activision acquisition that's coming in. This will mark uh, Microsoft's seventh internal publishing entity. They ha- they technically uh, this will technically be a part of Xbox Game Studios as it's higher up division. Um, so it's not quite the same difference between uh, uh, say Xbox Game Studios or Bethesda Softworks or Activision, uh, things like that. But this is a very very big deal because it means that there is a lot of third-party interest for developing cloud-native titles uh, that are going to use uh, and leverage Microsoft Azure services. Um, And just to clear it up for anyone in chat, anyone listening, there is a very big difference between a game being a cloud-native game and a game being an xCloud exclusive game. This is not about exclusive games for xCloud, though that will be a like side effect. Like These games will be part of xCloud, but these games will also be games you can straight out buy. Think games like Microsoft Flight Simulator that could not exist without a portion or all of the game running in the cloud. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator uses, I believe, like something like 2.8 petabytes of uh, Bing map data. Yes, Bing has map data. No one uses it. It's Google Maps, but um, it uses 2.8 gigabytes of actual satellite data to render the beautiful-looking um, uh, scenery of all of the different cities that you can fly to and all the different countries. And then it also uses the cloud to do that hyper-realistic weather rendering, the, cl- the cloud formations and things like that. Things that you literally could not do on any home computer today. You could not do those kinds of calculations and rendering and storage uh, concepts. And so this is a very big deal for very unique and new types of game development 
design where you could have hyper complex AI algorithms that you could not process on a home computer. You could have massive maps. Um, you could have games where they have deep machine learning algorithms that changes the way that like certain things happen in the game world based on how like the community at large is doing things. And it, it's very exciting. And this does lead to more credence to the Jeff Grubb Kojima rumor that Kojima was right. partnering with Microsoft to develop a cloud native game. Um, this goes further than that and shows that this team that Microsoft was putting together to host cloud games are looking to do a lot more than just Kojima's game. They are looking to get as many third parties on board with this as they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's what uh, first jumped into my mind, too, when I heard this announcement. It's like, well, again, we've been hearing about the whole Kojima thing, and his game was, again, it was supposed to be a Stadia exclusive, but then, of course, uh, you know, Stadia got cut back. Well, basically entirely. <laughs> and uh, supposedly Kojima has been talking with Microsoft with Xbox. And, uh, you know, and that makes sense, too, because, I mean, you look at where Xbox is positioning itself with uh, cloud-based technology. Um, there's other aspects to this, too, um, because with the, the buyout of ZeniMax Media and Bethesda, uh, oh, they, yes. they have yes. their own uh, Orion cloud tech. Do you think that uh, this is going to be somehow combined into this division at all? Because, I mean, when they showed Absolutely. it off, when they showed it off, I thought it was uh, pretty impressive at the time. So Orion cloud tech, this is actually the kind of place where it's useful because because of how the cloud streaming with um, uh, xCloud works, Orion's not actually that useful because it's essentially just everything's running on an Xbox in the cloud and you are literally just streaming everything. There's nothing that's going on on your end uh, when, when you're playing, except that the, the, the picture is rendering on your screen. Um, with games like this, a portion of the game will still likely be running on your system in some way, shape, or form. And the Orion cloud technology is a engine agnostic uh, like tool that you can add to basically any engine. And it helps you to optimize how your game does its calculations so that it just performs better when it's, when it's in the cloud. It helps you make sure that the correct things are offloaded to be calculated in the cloud and the other things are being offloaded to your um, your actual device. Um, and so Orion will be most likely a huge part of this. I wouldn't be shocked to hear that o the Orion technology will be fully added to the Xbox GDK as just a tool mm -hmm. for uh, developers to use overall. But you can certainly believe that that tool is going to be making, um, giving an advantage in this uh, space to Microsoft for, um, for for games being developed for it versus someone like uh, a Amazon who's doing some similar stuff, trying to get people on AWS with uh, um, Luna or Google trying to get developers to develop stuff for um, Google Stadia because they're only third party now. They have no first party. Right. Well, I mean, it's interesting, too, 
Crusader because, I mean, Microsoft Xbox have been trying to do cloud stuff for a very long time. I mean, I probably don't have to remind you about this, but remember, you know, with what happened to Crackdown 3. And... Yeah, that, that was... Um, mm-hmm. That was over-ambition for a title that they were outsourcing to another studio outside of Xbox Game Studios. And technology that probably was underbaked and not quite ready. This is them showing that, hey... You know, we have the full force of the Azure team behind us now. Because we've had a lot of shifts within Microsoft since then. Xbox is now on the actual leadership um, council at Microsoft. You know, Phil is an actual... He's not under uh, the Windows bracket anymore. He's not under anyone. And so he can actually leverage the other divisions just as the other divisions would leverage him if they had this, the same opportunity. Um, and I, I think that the technology has evolved to a better point, especially now when you look at the success of Microsoft's first, it's not totally cloud native, but it, it, it's the, the kind of games you can tr- really expect from this with Flight Simulator. Flight Simulator is the golden standard of what you should be expecting from this and what you should be hoping for from this. It uses the cloud in a hyper-unique way to make a game that could not exist without the cloud development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And I guess what kind of hurt Microsoft, too, even, uh, or Xbox, was, you know, uh, well, who was it, Epic, that bought uh, CloudGen, that had the technology... Uh, behind all the cloud stuff with uh, crackdown three if i'm not mistaken so yeah epic bought them and then like 2k bought the studio that was developing it and it was a whole mess oh yeah that's it yeah so again i'm not pay- don't worry guys i'm not pinning anything on xbox there just you know it just it, everything got kind of screwed up after all that so i i totally get it um tim i i gotta ask you what do you think about this uh new uh cloud native publishing division here i mean it seems highly ambitious uh of them yeah i think it's a really good thing i think we talked about this a while back when kim swift moved over from stadia over to xbox and this signaled what type of uh stuff that would be going on um a lot of the stuff that stadia said that they were going to do whether it be native multiplayer uh, games uh, in the cloud, whether it be physics, um, you know, in the cloud via uh, destruction, stuff like that. Um, if you watch Stadia's premiere, and, and if you're interested in the subject, watch Stadia's premiere, um, because basically this is what Xbox is now uh, with this division um gunning for now is this is this a is this a couple of years off now this is a part of the sega partnership which talked about uh not that they're going to be exclusive games probably on game pass i would think but Mm. um this is going to be a part of that technology uh flight simulator technology uh crackdown even though it was disaster that technology and other technologies that still haven't been tested out that are in its infancy. So um, the fact that they're doing this is just 
shows that they're forward thinking, that they have a vision for the future, and that really they're the only ones other than Epic that that's doing this. And the fact that they picked up Bethesda with the um, Orion technology, uh, it goes to show you that Xbox in in a yet another area is leading, or at least pushing the envelope. I mean. The reason why I like Xbox is because they do stuff like this. You know, they're not just sitting on their ass and saying, hey, we can just make single-player games and we don't need to do anything. We don't need cross-play. We don't need this. They're actively looking ahead in the future, and it could be 10 years ahead. And they could be wrong with some of their takes, but they are taking, uh, they are taking a shot. And they believe in 10 years that there'll be games that you could play a thousand people online natively through a multiplayer that's based solely in the cloud, meaning that none of your systems that you you have uh, at your you know locally are going to be encountering. Everything is going to be done uh, within that multiplayer cloud, which means you can get more players, you can get faster technology, uh, you can get more precise. Uh, there's a lot of advantages. And the fact that they're they're doing this and, and developing this just goes to show you that they want to lead not in one specific area like console sales. They want to lead in everything. And even with Phil's comments recently about how Game Pass model is not the only model, how you know uh, they want to lead in everything, uh, that's kind of where he's going with this. I think that being that he's the CEO of gaming... He always believed in cloud technology. Uh, he was really big on to the Crackdown 3 until, until it obviously fell through with David Jones and that whole deal uh, that we went over. But, you know, Xbox has a future where they're encompassing everything from mobile to cloud to whatever you, you can think of with the gaming. And I have to give them a lot of credit. Because, you know, they could just say, hey, we're not doing shit, and we're just going to just do what we want, make Starfield, Starfield 2, 3, 4, and we're not going to, you know, push the envelope. We're not going to use these technologies that we know can enhance gaming, make it better. Instead, they're doing this stuff. They're hiring people like Kim Swift. They're, you know, spearheading deals, uh, Sarah Bond spearheading deals with Sega to use this technology and use some of these ideas to give us the gamer the better experience and uh a lot of people won't notice it because they don't understand it but you know xbox is right there at the forefront whether it's from x cloud to uh to this to even trying something like crackdown 3 which failed um or just even what they're doing with flight sim uh as crusader pointed out is fantastic stuff and again, this is like a core reason why I love Xbox and love Microsoft. They're taking shots and they're, they're, they're putting a lot of money and effort into stuff that it could very well benefit us in the future instead of just saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, we're going to, you know, what, what, what I've heard a lot of people say, just be exclusive console games, single player games and you know, not really push the envelope. You know, they 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 are here, out here, uh, with a plan, and they and they have a vision, and they're taking a chance on it. 
And this is another group that you can add to the numerous platforms that they have or groups that they have that are making games that's very ambitious. This is probably the most ambitious of all, and it's probably years off, you know, five to ten years. But listen, if we're playing Crackdown 4, let's say, and it's everything that we thought Crackdown 3 is, we'd be happy as hell. When we all saw that demo with Crackdown 3, which was using Microsoft technology and, uh, you know, again, it didn't it didn't come out. Dave Jones left the project. Cloudgen was bought out. And they, they were left with scraps. But when we all saw that GDC, uh, you know, um, when we saw that Crackdown demo, that was insane. And that's what we would want. Wouldn't you want to play those games in the future? Just ask yourself, as a gamer... Do you want to be doing the same thing over and over like you're doing the constant, uh, you know, uh, cookie cutter, you know, copying of everything that they do, whereas you could have a whole city and you could blow it up to ashes and, you know, be playing on fighting on rubble uh, of, of, of buildings that, that blew up and that you, you know, uh, you know, took down and you see it crumble just like, like, we, we, we envisioned with Crackdown 3 and saw a glimpse of it. But yeah, that's all the stuff that they see in the future that could come up. Sega sees it. And hopefully, I hopefully in my lifetime, I see it. You know, I, I always wanted to see something like that. I want to see a, a, a fully destructible world where I shoot a, a, a you know, um, you know, I'm playing Call of Duty, let's say, and it's it's 10 years from now or five years from now and i shoot a uh a, a rocket launcher and it smashes off a building and blows up the building and you see the building basically crumble and it looks real that's i think i think that's the next step for gaming and realism and and uh i just have to give uh xbox a lot of credit here they're they're pushing for the future and they're taking a risk because, you know, this stuff can definitely fall on its face and or not get implemented just because sometimes the old way works and the tried and true, you know, formulas work. But, you know, they're 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 thinking that uh, they can make a better experience for the gamer. And that's why this deal and the deals like Sega is why Se- Microsoft is leading the way in gaming, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well said there, Tim. And uh yeah, just to see the growth of the Xbox division uh, is insane over the past three, four years, just with the newest additions, whether it be like studios, the technology they're investing, uh, the different manpower, the people that they're hiring. It's just really impressive across the board. Uh, a lot of quality going in there. And, uh, you know, I got to thank Phil for that. And Satya. Satya's done a, a hell of a job investing in the Xbox division. Kudos to him um let's see uh centurion like i would love to know like your thoughts on this uh what do you think about xbox uh like uh unveiling this new division um do you agree with what uh, tim is saying what are your thoughts um okay so let's just start with this is really awesome it's good to see that microsoft is helping spearhead a movement that isn't exactly um, the norm right now. Uh, Crusader did talk about how um, that 
there is starting to become interest in cloud-based gaming and Microsoft definitely has the ability to spearhead that entire movement with the integration of Azure and everything that they've been doing with the cloud, with xCloud. Um, and as Tim Dog pointed out, you know, you know, I think it's really interesting and he mentions 10 years and talks about how games could be fundamentally different. Um, the, well, the first thing that came to mind and listening to everybody talk Earlier this month at GDC, uh, Ubisoft Stockholm had a, a couple reps there. Uh, they did a presentation on Ubisoft uh, Scholar, I believe it's called. It's a weird, weird-looking word. I believe it's pronounced as Scholar. They're actually kind of doing the cloud thing as well. So Microsoft is not alone in this venture. They are not the only company that believes that there is a potential there to change gaming completely. Uh, there was comments made uh, by the the te the actual uh, what, the managing director of Ubisoft Stockholm, saying uh, how would you imagine what games could be in the future, and then start to build towards that to create new experiences. Because in general, games are usually an iteration of what has been done before. We want to break free of that and build something big. And then the technical director comes in, starts talking about how, like, technically the gaming industry is limited, is limited and based around hardware limitations and computing limitations. It's all based on hardware limitations. Now, what if you could get out of those hardware limitations and take into something that, like, what they were talking about with Scholar, which is cloud-based? Uh, it would be he goes in in the saying it would in essence it would all it is also a really huge shift of mindset. Try to look ten years into the future and imagine what games could should be could be and what you could expect out of games and how you could make them. The limitation has always been there for as long as we've made games. In actuality, what we've been really good at is hiding those limitations and working around limitations. That's sort of our expertise, actually. Now, what Scholar actually enables us to do is totally remove those limitations rather than pushing the boundaries of them. Cloud tech has the way of creating a new form of gaming, a new way of imagining gaming. Um, I mean, Ubisoft basically is trying to say it would create new types of games, new types of social experiences. We saw Microsoft try that with Crackdown 3, and sadly, because in my opinion of things that were that took place, especially with, on the development level and developers being switched, and all of a sudden them having to take technology that nobody had ever done before and in the middle of it try to give it to somebody and save it. Um, it's really good to see that they are still doubling down on a really good piece of technology that can fundamentally change gaming. And this is a step in the right direction to have a division dedicated to what is essentially going to probably be the future of game development. We've heard Phil Spencer talk about how they want to create a developer suite on the cloud for game developers that either A, don't have the room to have these high dollar computers or don't have the money for these high dollar computers and they can go in and build games on the cloud and then they can also make very complex games on the scale of uh, Flight Simulator that would be able to run on the cloud because no computer could possibly run them. Mm-hmm. Well said. Again, Mitt, I am loving the commentary from everybody on the panel tonight with regards to, uh, uh, again, the, the cloud division here, because 
again, when you're talking about uh, like cloud gaming and just building it up, I mean, this is an initiative that started, well, years ago. And Xbox is on the forefront of the cloud gaming scene at the moment. I mean, you would have thought Google Stadia, you know, like an actual system ded- dedicated to this stuff. But, ooh, they just, you know, they didn't really have the strength to... Uh, to carry on in the space unfortunately but uh, yeah xbox is really taking the reins of the uh, cloud gaming i'll be curious to see uh moving forward what uh sony does with the uh, playstation when it comes to cloud gaming obviously they have P- ps now but hey, that's more streaming obviously just very very curious overall um shockley buddy i would love to hear your commentary on this uh what do you think of uh like do you agree with every what everybody's been saying on the panel um like, what kind of input do you have with Xbox unveiling this new division? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, in agreement there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool that they're, in, you know, taking on, us, but, you know, specifically a publishing division uh, to definitely get, you know, some of these probably be one of the first or maybe not the first, but, like, you know, the biggest one probably spinning in or, you know, putting more, the most money uh in this uh um area um of gaming so um it's definitely cool for them to see the investment that they're putting into it that we can get some experiences that we aren't possible on the console and it also gives um some gives them some exclusives like to like their um game pass service or maybe you don't have to be like in the service like maybe you could still like buy in to like a you know buy the license to play the cloud game uh, or however they decide they're going to do it um but it's definitely cool and hopefully they you know have some cool visionaries like kojima see what he can do with you know his vision with what he wants to do with you know a, you know cloud um cloud-based game that's you know only possible uh with all that computing power versus um just like on a regular console so um but yeah it's cool that xbox is putting all these you know they're actually or microsoft's actually like you know putting all this money into gaming and all different avenues so um i mean we'll have a lot to play with uh with all these different uh publishing divisions they're ramping up so it's only you know more content for us so can't complain Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just be curious to hear. I mean, we we see these announcements being made of the cloud division. We knew Kim Swift was involved with the these uh, the cloud gaming initiative. Obviously, I'm just kind of curious to see if we'll hear about that rumored uh, Kojima game anytime soon. I mean, it's been a while since uh, his studio has uh, really unveiled anything. Because when did uh, Shock? Do you know? Do you remember when Death Stranding came out? Was it what sixteen yeah, or seventeen? It was same year, same year as uh, it was twenty nineteen because it was same year as uh, Gears. Hmm. Oh, was it that? I remember, yeah. It yeah. Because well, I remember it in, because it was everybody was saying like, oh, Gears, because Gears came out first, and then everybody was like, oh, well, you know, well, Kojima's game is gonna get a way better, you know, Metacritic score than Gears, and that didn't happen so we had fun with twitter on that on that day when that (laughs) slipped (laughs) um but yeah it was 2019 okay well i'll just be curious to see uh if you know it would just it would be it 
like again, Twitter would go off the rails seeing Kojima at any Xbox event. So just imagine if they announced like a, a cloud native game uh, from Kojima. That would, ooh, that would send Twitter into a frenzy. That'd be that would be a fun one to watch, fellas. Um, um, yeah. Jeff Grubb says he thinks it could be announced this year. Really? Is that what makes sense because mm-hmm. he broke it last year. So yeah, you know, he said he thinks that with this division fully up and running, it could be announced this year. And he and I both agree that this may not be Kojima's next game because he has two games in development confirmed. He said it in an interview. Um, I'm of the opinion that this will be the second one to come out because if they just inked the deal with Microsoft last year, none of the cloud development has happened. None right, of it. Right. So this is going to be a game that will be a while out. And it will likely be announced one so that Microsoft could be like, look, we're working with Jap- a, Jap- a very well-known Japanese developer. We put them on our stage and everyone will go wild and nuts and it will be the talk of the town for days. Um, and two, because like most games in the last two years, they've been announced five years early, especially from Microsoft, because that's how you hire people. Plain and simple. In the modern competitive game development market, you you have to kind of tell the people what you're working on in order to hire them. Uh, a 343 dev went into it the one time that, like, the whole point of them showing off that Slip Space trailer way back in, like, what was it, 2017? Yeah, that's when it. They, when they announced Halo Infinite originally. That was literally more to hire people at 343 than it was to even tell people that a Halo game was coming. Mm-hmm. Hype, hype um, train trailers, right? Hype train trailers. Yeah, well, because, you know, it does hype fans up, you know. Seeing shit like that hypes fans up. But, like, the Outer Worlds 2 trailer, uh, Obsidian has uh, said in interviews that that whole trailer, they, they did it because it the they trailer. were hiring, and they they, 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 they were they were memeing about it. And that's why it was a meme. But they, they wanted to... they Everyone needed to know that that game was coming because Obsidian's growing. They need to hire a ton of people to expand that studio. So I would assume the same thing will be true with the Kojima game because Kojima will be looking for cloud experts to help him. So that will get announced to bear, that will be announced years before it comes out. Yeah, that's true. Plus, I mean, just for Xbox to announce again an exclusive title made by Kojima alone will grab a lot of attention from uh, certain yep. developers, especially based in you know Asian regions, uh, Japan in particular. I would imagine too. So. You know, it opens some doors, I think. So I call it. Uh, Jeff Keighley is gonna announce it at the Game Awards. That's that, Kojima. <laughs> that was Jeff said that that was one of he he said he could see it at Xbox's E3 showcase. He could see it going to the Game Awards, and he could see it at the Tokyo Game Show. Mm. Well, I mean that's kind of broad, but I for something like that, I could definitely see that at like microsoft's or xbox's main show personally but yeah i mean because everybody knows kojima right everybody and their grandmother so i i just i wouldn't be surprised if they if they saved a spot for him at the main stage you know you know special with xbox publishing and uh show off their uh, new division and so on you do have to wonder where that would be more valuable though because i more people watch the game awards like than they do any of the individual showcases because the game awards are kind of like for everyone no matter what no matter if you're a fan of xbox playstation pc switch 
uh, Square Enix, whatever. It's kind of an event for everyone, and it just gets far more viewership. So I wonder if, because everyone knows Kojima, if they save it for the Game Awards, because more eyes will be on it, especially eyes of the people who aren't in the Xbox camp currently, because that's the kind of people you need to that that Kojima's gonna um, do so make think right. Like us, we all love Xbox, you know. Kojima coming is just another great thing that we're getting, where we'll, that another great thing we'll be excited for. Kojima could be the reason that some new people come over to Xbox, and so maybe they will hold that for an event that's more centralized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair comment, and really, there's like you said, there's a f- there's a couple of different events that he could be a part of. Nothing's written in stone. Who knows yet, guys? But either way, I mean, I do think that we will see Kojima show up at some point uh, this year in any case. But, uh, you know, let me know what you guys think in the comments about that. Plus, hey, share this show out and leave a like because, hey, we're having some uh, pretty good discussions here. Uh, Moving on, guys, uh, why don't we move into some PlayStation news? Because there has been some. And earlier this week, PlayStation announced the acquisition of a new studio, actually a very new studio, Haven Studios, run by Jade Raymond. And it's a new studio that was already working on a PlayStation exclusive title. Uh, Tim, I'll go to you first on this one. I mean, man, PlayStation, they've been pretty busy the last few weeks. I mean, first Bungie, uh, now this. Is this a a good pickup for them? Because, you know, Jade Raymond has quite a bit of uh, credit in the industry. Yeah, this is a studio for a live action um, or a live multiplayer game, which, um, let's be honest, Sony saying they're going to have 10 of these by 2026. And um, any Sony fan I know, they hate hate these games. So um, I think it's a, a, a nice move and a move in the right direction. Uh, they never made a game before. She has a lot of talent, but she hasn't produced anything for three years now. So um, I'm sure the studio is going to be fine, and they'll probably put out a decent game. Um, but again, uh, if I'm being honest, I know Sony fans and what they want. This isn't game, you know. If I'm being honest, this isn't stuff that they want. You know, this is stuff that, you know, that they have actively said that uh, is trash. Xbox does this type of stuff. We don't have that. And now, obviously, you see the copycatting or I wouldn't even say copycatting, just maybe adjustment to the industry that they're going to have these multiplayer games. And, um, you know, it's just for me, I just remember guys making fun of so many of the games, Sea of Thieves and... And, and games that Xbox has had. And now they're, you know, there are a lot of these studios that they've picked up uh, are going to either be doing that, focusing on that, or uh, doing stuff that, you know, that they, you know, they kind of uh, push against uh, and say that they don't want. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a, not a big deal, to be honest. It's a, probably a smart deal, but I think kind of, uh, I, think, I think Sony's trying to, like, kind of have an answer to Activision and the bottom line is and I'm a little bit uh, uh, I guess I, you could say maybe a little bit uh, overconfident but if 
Xbox gets the Activision deal, that's going to send a ripple through the industry. It's going to propel Xbox, uh, I believe, to number one. And it's going to put them in a really strong position. Uh, you know, I was arguing back and forth or debating with Tay, uh, Tay Kim, who's a friend of mine. I know that some people don't like him from Bloomberg. But like I talked to him in DM, I said, you know, there's just going to come a time. If this deal goes through for Activision, uh, I, I just don't see any, I don't see Sony matching them. I think that the Bungie deal was a smart deal, but it was maybe they overpaid a little. And again, it's a multi-plat and again, uh, it's for uh, a lot of stuff like that's going to be aiding live multiplayer, um, you know, gas model games, which was a bad word in the Sony community for so long. So uh, just from what I'm seeing and everything, I, I, I don't think that the direction Sony's going is um, is a good direction for their fans in, in a way. And... Uh, I think Sony will always be around and always be a force, but, you know, I just think over the last couple of years, Xbox has made, like, super awesome additions with Bethesda, and and, and if they get this Activision deal to go through, uh, that, um, you know, they're trying to match them, and, uh, I, and I don't know. I, I just don't see... I don't see... I don't see the... Uh, I don't see the the Sony fans going crazy for the gas model game. I I don't know. We'll see if they do well. Uh, games like this have already proved themselves on the Xbox platform with whether it's Sea of Thieves, Grounded, I guess you would say. Um, uh, but we'll see. You know, um, for me, it's 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 just another deal. But um, you know, I, I really feel like Xbox has rocked the industry with this $70 billion deal. And that's if it gets passed. I think it's such a big deal that there is, you know, we went, went through this ad nauseum and over and over that there is a possibility, a 20% chance that this gets knocked down just because it really does put them in a really strong position for the future. Whether it's for monthly active users, uh, you know, they're going to start to count uh, you know, Candy Crush and people are going to be, they're going to flip when Xbox is saying, hey, we have 255 million, uh, you know, monthly active users. That's the uh, most out of anybody. And it's, you know, double Sony. You know, people are going to say, oh, that's bullshit because of Candy Crush. But it is what it is. Uh, and again, with the whole Activision deal with Battle. Battle.net and some of the, just the, the multifaceted nature of what's going on there, um, including the IPs that they have and the development, the developers that they have, the, the whatever, 5,000 developers and 10,000 workers that they have. It's just such a huge deal that it's going to change the um, landscape, in my, in, my, in my opinion. And that's why you see people like, DFC intelligence, the the analysts saying that there's going to be a seven percent marketing shift, uh, a market share shift, mm -hmm. and I saw Sean Layden say, "Oh, I don't think so," but I do think that I do think that there's going to be you're going to you're going to see a lot of uh, results if the deal goes through. Um, but on Sony's side, again, it's a small smaller studio. Um, they've now purchased twenty. I think they have twenty-two studios. 
So they're matched up with Xbox right now. Um, before the Activision deal, I think they have Xbox has twenty three studios. They have twenty two, um, but a lot of those studios are are, are are special purpose studios. Whether it's you know uh, Blue Point, which makes remakes, they really haven't made their own game. Uh, they're a good studio, though. I thought it was one of their better pickups, but you have um, you know Nixus, which uh, you know uh, again it makes PC ports, and then you have Fire, uh, Fire Sprite, I believe, and, and these other studios that they've picked up. Um, it's a collection of of decent studios, but I just think that. Um, the way this has all went about, Xbox is definitely uh, one of the right way about this. The big, the bold. And uh, if they get it passed, like I said, that's going to be a huge day. Uh, I could tell you right now, everyone at Xbox is a tight ass right now. And it's it's not really fun to even even <laughs> try talking to them because you know that they're just, you know, they're just waiting for this deal to get through. Um, but once that deal gets through, I think they're going to have a big event and, uh, you know, it's going to be a really big boom for Xbox gamers and regardless of exclusivity and stuff like that, just to get Call of Duty day one, Call of Duty lead platform, Call of Duty marketing, um, and a bunch of the other things that go along with this going to be absolutely huge for Xbox, but, uh, for Sony on the, uh, because the Sony generated question. Uh, it's just uh, more of uh, a decent move, but nothing to go crazy about. I'm not going to go crazy about it and say it's a huge deal. And again, it's for stuff that their community has uh, absolutely shit on, which is gas model games, which now they're saying they're going to have 10 by 2026. That's a lot of developmental the development, uh, you know, time and, and people put it in to make games like that. So we'll see Mm -hmm. agreed well said some really good points there tim and yeah it will be interesting to see like you said they do have a lot of uh game as a service uh titles in development right now more than usual uh interesting focus for them moving forward uh eric buddy shock i was just you know uh do you agree with uh, you know what tim's saying here um, what do you think of this this new the latest addition to uh, Sony's Studios PlayStation Studios uh, with nabbing uh, Jade Raymond Studio Haven? Um, yeah, it's just bringing them into the fold. I think they were the one, or I'm not sure if they were the only one, but I know I think they were the biggest uh, investment that the studio got uh, to get started. So. Uh, yeah, it just kind of makes sense to bring in your uh, partners that you're you're fully you're very invested with. Uh, bring them into the fold, especially as all these other studios are getting nabbed up. <laughs> um, that's where I, uh, Microsoft may have slipped up when they weren't like as gung ho behind Xbox when they lost, um, and that's what kind of ha- happened with uh, Crackdown. Is like development you had two studios that were in together making that game. And then Epic bought like half of the developer or one, one of the developers uh, that was co-developing it. And then you just saw that game just get pushed to the back burner and stalled and didn't really come out to what we expected from it or even saw being played when uh, Dustin Legary was actually playing it for IGN. 
and it was like oh crap it's really living up to what it you know mostly what it is or what it, it was advertised and then <laughs> that's not what we got um and in the other aspect like when uh was it double i always forget which one it was double helix or um i think it was double helix was the first one that got nabbed up and then yeah double helix. you lose your developer that was like oh, okay well you can't even really facebook has them tied up so they're you're not going to be able to get them to uh license them out to you know still develop your games here in the future and i think um what was the other the one that came in and finished it aren't they working on something else now too and aren't didn't they get bought up yeah i'm pretty sure i'd look up the name of it but i'm pretty sure they were bought by 2k yeah yeah i think that's what it was and then so <laughs> now mm-hmm. both those developers are gone so unless you're I guess, I mean, I guess they can license oh, that. Like, Iron Galaxy. You know, Iron Galaxy, that's who. Yeah. Because, I mean, at least Crystal Dynamics is working with them. So, I mean, I guess they could license them out. But now it might be a little bit harder because they're going to be doing other things. Uh, or, you know, actually owned by somebody. So they can't really make independent decisions to license out their service. So stuff like that, uh, it makes sense. So this way, Sony has some control and isn't like, hey, <laughs> Microsoft just bought jade raymond even though they're making exclusives so kind of like how um sony signed deals with like bethesda studios but now those sequels are gonna be microsoft properties so um so they saw that happen so that's you know that could be another reason why because they don't want microsoft just coming in there and hey they invested and got the video uh studio started well but then any games after the uh that first initial games coming to microsoft so I'm sure that's probably why they, uh, as well, that's another incentive, so. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, well said, Shockley, well said. Um, Centurion, moving over to you, I mean, obviously, I know that you're pretty invested in the Assassin's Creed games. Jade Raymond has a history with those games, very successful. She has this new studio, Sony invested in that new property, now Sony just bought up the studio entirely. Is this a good investment for uh, PlayStation as a whole? For PlayStation as a whole, yes. Wow, this conversation is definitely uh, much larger in scale than just uh, Jade Raymond. Uh, we'll start mm-hmm. with Jade Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I've loved the work that she's done. Uh, she, she's definitely a name that gets mentioned very often when uh, talking about great uh, developers and, you know... Um, Let's just say it's good to see that she is becoming successful and that PlayStation sees the the value that she offers to the industry and they understand why she is who she is. And so they're throwing down. Um, and that's where, you know, let's really focus on PlayStation for just one sec on that. Um, we are seeing PlayStation starting to make a huge push, uh, a, a large focus on games as a service or live service type games. Um Tim Dog touched on how uh, you know a lot of the PlayStation community has um, kind of kind of harped on the Xbox community because of just how many of those games we have on our platform and how many games Xbox has uh, kind of created around that. And now all of a sudden PlayStation is starting to do that, you know. And I don't blame them. We see PlayStation wanting to. Uh, pick up a studio like Jade Raymond's. We also see them pick up uh, Bungie. They bought them out for $3.6 billion. 
um and they really really want to chase this uh this games as a service type model because they see the kind of money uh that like uh, grand theft auto with uh 2k take two rockstar all those guys um are making with games like grand theft auto um and, and also if we think about it at the beginning of this year take two interactive also bought uh zynga for about 13 billion um, and then just shortly after that, that's where Microsoft came in with the Activision hammer wanting to buy, uh, you know, for $68 billion, the entire thing of Activision completely flipping the whole world on its head systematically with one announcement. Uh, but it's actually good to see all these purchases being made. It's good to see that PlayStation is actually focusing on games as a service and wanting to grow that themselves because that's just going to make it look better for Microsoft when it comes to getting this Activision deal across the finish line, because we are seeing a very healthy and evolving industry that is right now in a large state of change. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of shift. Um, and a lot of these companies are starting to want to fill the gaps. And that's where, you know, at least for PlayStation, their gaps are definitely multiplayer and games as a service and game structures like that. And they're investing in it. And so therefore, you know, the whole idea that, you know, if Microsoft gets a hold of Activision, they're going to take away Call of Duty and there's no way that play, there wouldn't be much multiplayer to Call of Duty. And it just shows that my, that PlayStation is able to stand on its own two feet, which really makes it feel that this Activision deal actually has some teeth to it now uh, to microsoft's advantage um and it's going to be very interesting to really see um the months go by here in 2022 because it really seems a lot of these companies are actively buying stuff and we're just really in for a very very interesting time and really it's going to be interesting once all the dust settles well, just wait until everybody finds out that TXR is buying Ubisoft. Oh, man. Heads are going to be flying. Social media. No, obviously, I'm just kidding, guys. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's a good investment. I, I completely agree with you, Centurion, on that. Uh, I mean, we still have to see their first game. I'm not entirely sure what it is. But, uh, you know, there's some pedigree behind this studio. And, yeah, I'm a little... You know, I'm very curious to see what they uh, push out with this, uh, you know, and with all these games as a service to going into uh, PlayStation. Uh, Crusader, I would love for you to touch on this. Uh, what do you think of uh, uh, PlayStation acquiring uh, Jade Raymond Studio? I think it's uh, very, very smart. Um, it's all added. Acquisitions are always added, right? They, they, they are never really taking away anything that you do. They are merely adding a new pool of something to your company, right? And in this case, it's adding, as others have said, uh, a live service aspect to Sony, which they really don't have. And that's important because the gaming industry as a whole, between first and third parties, are kind of in a content arms race. We're seeing everyone buy up everyone, right? Tencent's investing in hundreds of companies right we have epic buying up companies we have uh unity buying up companies we have uh ea bought code masters you know and then you have don't forget um, embracer yeah embracer buying up literally every double a and indie developer that exists um <laughs> yeah. they have seven or no they have nine publishing arms at last i counted 
nine publishing arms. You know? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I think they have something like 77 studios. They're still by population smaller than both Xbox and Ubisoft, like uh, actual employees. But they have 77 different studios working on some of them, even more than one title at once. So, you know, it, it's a content arms race. And so when you're looking at the companies to, you know, to look into acquiring beyond just like companies you're, you're close with and have invested in already, you need to look at what kind of content does this get me? And usually you're looking for one of two things. You're either looking to ex to further excel the pillars that you're known for. Uh, for Microsoft, this would be uh, RPGs and it would be multiplayer games, whether it be co-op or live service or what have you. You know, because you know we have we have everything from like Halo and all that, and Microsoft was always historically known as the RPG developer, as like an RPG platform. They brought Bethesda to the console. They uh, uh, they published the first Mass Effect game. That was an EA with Bioware. They published the first Mass Effect game, and that was something that was lost in last generation. Microsoft kind of lost that identity of a RPG developer, only to bring it back and then some with their acquisitions since 2017. Uh, you know, and then for Sony, that would be your your third-person action-adventure, single-player, bespoke stories. Um, but then the other thing you got to look for when you're acquiring studios is, do they have something that we don't right now? That was the point in getting Bungie. That was the point in getting Jade Raymond's studio. Uh, they offer Bungie, or they offer... They offer Sony something that Sony does not have right now, and that is bespoke multiplayer experiences. And that's going to be very important for Sony in the overall content race. Even if one game isn't great, or the next game isn't great, right? It's still important because everything... Your studios all learn from each other. So it's a brilliant move to expand your... Um, studios additively with an acquisition to get this uh, multiplayer focus instead of trying to convert one of your existing studios that might not be uh, well-versed in multiplayer, right? Because then you're not, you're not only potentially going to have a failed game, you've taken a developer that was making something good and was making people happy, and now you also don't have that good product. So instead of transforming, say, Naughty Dog into a multiplayer-focused studio, or that's a bad example because they have the they have the factions games and they have the kind of well-liked Uncharted multiplayer. Uh, what's one of their studios that only like Insomniac doesn't really make multiplayer games? So like, you know, that would be like taking Insomniac and putting them on a sh like MMO. You know, that that's terrible. But Insomniac can keep making single-player games, and they've added the ability to develop multiplayer games. And I think that's why this acquisition might not make current Sony fans the happiest, but it will hopefully make new Sony fans that weren't fans before. And I think that's conceptually why they want to get into the game as a service model and specifically get into it in, in this way where they're spinning up new teams and they're spinning up, uh, or, or they're acquiring new teams to, to make their um, multiplayer experiences as opposed to trying to convert existing teams. 
So I think that this is more about expanding the potential Sony fan base uh, rather than trying to win over the current fan base with this. It's all about growth as opposed to sustaining. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about uh, trying to get a a broader audience, I guess you yes. could say, into yeah. it. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we see Microsoft doing the same thing. That That's why they bought Bethesda, right? Mm -hmm. Bethesda offered them a, a ton of great single-player or single-player primarily, because, like, you know, Doom has multiplayer, but, like, everyone loves Doom not for the, that multiplayer. They love it for the killing all the demons with the chainsaw and the shotgun, you know, the uh, grappling hook. Microsoft's buying many single-player studios because it was something that Microsoft was lacking. and We told them for years, You're, you are lacking this, you know? And so what did Microsoft do? They they acquired several single-player-oriented studios. And, you know, and they didn't take their studios off of making the great multiplayer games that we do love, you know? We love Forza. We love Gears. We love Halo. We love Sea of Thieves. And you want those things to keep continuing, and now we're also going to be adding this other thing. And I, th I think that's the the idea of what Sony is doing here, right? Like, Nixus is another great example of that. The Nixus acquisition, instead of trying to get all of their studios to focus on both console and PC development, they bought a PC porting studio to help, one, train those studios, and two, offload most of that work from those studios to develop for PC mm -hmm. so that the great console things can still happen, but they can also open themselves up to these new areas. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it's a pretty decent purchase, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, this little studio has to offer. Uh, well, not just for PlayStation, but obviously for well, for everybody. I can't wait to see their uh, their game. Uh, in the chat, Rebellus, he gave a $2 Canadian super chat. Thank you, pal. Actually, no, it was $4. He had to uh, correct himself. Game Pass greater than Spartacus, he says. Well, we shall see. I mean, guys, the rumors are flying that uh, we will see the uh, Spartacus, uh, the rumored uh, Xbox Game Pass-like subscription service unveiled sometime while well, this coming week. So it should be interesting in the next coming days what, uh, what gets announced. I mean... It it's very interesting that you bring that up because I have my own thought on what's going on with PlayStation's shift to games as a service and that whole leak. Yeah, please uh, go ahead. I'm just well, I'm just thinking because like, dude, like no offense, but we all know how PlayStation is a very, very financially driven company. Um, like, let's just go off of the leak. I mean, like, it seems like everybody's talking about it. Even dual, I'm looking at it right now on dual shockers. So let's not even pretend that, that, that this isn't happening. Um, but yeah, like the first tier at nine 99 for three months, um, it shows online play and free game demos. So free game demos, let's think we're working on multiple games as games as a service. We're going to want to test those games in beta form. We want to have at least 10 out through this company by 2026. We got Jade Raymond's going on. Let's release game betas and also find a way to get people to pay to have access to these betas. 
and basically, um, you know, grow that subscription service based on a creating almost like a, like the only way you could, because Bungie is going to obviously create multi-plat games, but what if they, nothing was said about the beta, the beta could be exclusive. And then if they were to lock it into their subscription service, they now have exclusive content in a subscription service and they can now create hype behind that. And then if you go beyond that to the actual tier, uh, that's two, uh, that's 30 bucks every three months, then you start seeing the word game streaming. And that's where maybe for the games that come out through Bungie, yeah, maybe you got to buy them on the Xbox side. But what about on the PlayStation side? Now, if you, you can stream it, which is its own thing, you know, streaming games isn't exactly fun. You know, at any rate, though, to be able to say, well, I could get the Bungie game for free over on the PlayStation side because I play my subscription service. We're about to probably start seeing some very interesting subscription service wars starting to take place between the two companies. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, everyone was wondering uh, how aggressive PlayStation would be in this space and when they would show something i mean we all heard like for the past six seven months that they were working on some kind of a subscription service we had talked about it before and uh, so they're single mm -hmm. they're single player exclusives that everybody raves about does not fit what playstation wants to know it wants to do playstation has that mindset and knows that their big first Part, their first per party studio creations god of war wolverine spider-man all those games have huge revenue potential for the first couple months that those games come out so they don't want to put them into their into this service but now we're talking about games as a service we have seen how successful online games are when they're put in services like game pass and other ways to or or like uh with epic games and just creating free to play call of duty went free to play and by creating an a, a revenue an avenue of revenue around that model for some of these games now playstation get a kid on board with that because they could the game will make more money in this service versus it not being in that service and that's where i think playstation subscription service is going to be geared very heavily more towards a multiplayer sense or games as a service sense Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that your thesis on this is very interesting and you know what it definitely plays heavily into again how they've been talking and the games that they're investing in and the studios that they've been purchasing i think it makes a lot of sense uh but you know what? we'll see and we should hear news about it uh i would assume if not tomorrow the next couple of days Everyone's saying that we're going to get some PlayStation news next week. It, it does seem to be Spartacus details. I mean, uh, who knows about these leaks? I mean, I'm kind of 50-50 on them, but hey, we shall see. What do you guys think in the chat? Uh, you guys looking forward to a PlayStation uh, streaming service? I mean, hey, could be good, but we shall see. And guys, let's uh, move on to our last topic of the night. And guess what? A PlayStation exclusive is making its way to other platforms. Godfall. Everybody remember Godfall? Well, it's slated to come to Xbox platforms and Steam April 7th. So very, very soon. And it will be in the form of the Ultimate Edition, which includes a bunch of updates and an expansion. So, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, Centurion Bud, uh, I'll hit you up on this because I know you've played it um 
don't know. What do you think about uh, Godfall overall coming to Xbox, uh, like the Xbox systems? Is this something that, uh, you know, that people on Xbox sh should check out? Or do you think that it's like, eh, you know, you can pass on this? So for starters, I've been waiting for this moment to happen. Uh, I thought it was going to happen in November because that's when the PS5 came out, not last year, but the year before, PlayStation 5 exclusive, launch title. I thought for sure it was a one-year exclusive. Yeah, I was wrong. Uh, so wrong that I bought the expansion on sale uh, for the Christmas sale on the PlayStation Network. I haven't played it yet, but now that I found this is coming I'm like, well, it looks like I'm going to now have to buy everything on Xbox because I definitely want to play that game with some friends of mine. On to, is the game worth it? So, the game is absolute eye candy, in my opinion. It's a really, really awesome game. Um, I had a lot of fun, total hack and slash. Uh, the, the concept of being able to carry two primary weapons, you have... Uh, you have long swords, short swords. You have uh, double-ended staffs with unique weapons on the end of them. Um, you you basically can switch from these weapons on the fly uh, and have really, really fun hack-and-slash combat experiences. There is an RPG-esque element to it. Uh, the loot drops. Uh, you pick up these item in, items. Uh, they apply stats to your character or different uh, perks to the weapon. It's definitely, I feel, going to have a lot more legs and teeth on the Xbox platform, if you want my honest opinion, purely because um, a lot. I feel over there on the PlayStation, a lot of people over there love that single-player narrative-driven experience where I feel like Godfall, you could just tell you want to have your friends with you, and I feel this game is probably going to have a lot more legs to it on the Xbox platform. Um, if you guys want to check it out, at least you don't have to be uh, like me. I waited for the game to go on sale, but the game is not going to be 70 bucks. It's not going to be 60 bucks. Um, the game is actually going to come out as an ultimate edition for about 40 bucks, but it's coming out with this initial introductory price, which I think is really cool that mm -hmm. you can get the whole package for 30 bucks um, for 30 bucks. If you have a good group of friends that you can do some good hack and slash with, um and let's just say the story at least reminds me of the early destiny game you know hey this game's really awesome but this story this this is a very outlandish story and just be prepared that the story is very outlandish but i thought the the gameplay was fun at least uh the acting was good uh the concept of godfall i i completely completed the game i had fun with it I go on about it, but I also don't want to put everybody to sleep either. Nah, don't worry about it, pal. I mean, no, you're just giving your honest thoughts on it. <laughs> well, it's Gearbox, and it's good to see Gearbox get outside of cell shading or whatever you want to call um, <laughs> whatever they're doing over on Border. Don't get me wrong. Borderlands okay. is a beautiful game. So, oh, yeah, cell shaded. Uh, it's a beautiful game. Uh, uh, Tiny Tina's Adventures, another beautiful looking game because of, you know, the art form they choose. But with Godfall, they chose to go a different route. And I mean, it's it's actually definitely some 4K eye candy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, anybody else on the panel? Uh, well, you know, have you any of you guys played Godfall? Uh, like, uh, 
Crusader, for example, have you touched Godfall at all, or are you looking forward to maybe uh, playing it on Xbox? It's... I'm not interested enough that I'm going to purchase it when it comes out. If I can get it on a pretty good sale, or on Game Pass, yeah, I'll, I'll consider picking it up. I have so many things that I actually want to play on my backlog that, like, I would need a bunch of friends to be like, hey, you're playing this with us now. And I'd be like, all right, whatever. Um, so, no, I, I'm not not that interested in it. Which is weird, because it's a loot, loot-based loot game, so you'd think I'd be all over it. Yeah, you seem to really love those types of games, so that's uh, why I'm surprised. So, oh well, that's fine. I mean, you know, can't play everything, I suppose. Uh, Tim, how about you, pal? I mean, is uh, Godfall something that uh, you'd be interested in checking out, or is this a, a pass for the time being? No, and I think that it should be put into Game Pass, if anything. I think that... Um... Being that that shitty of a game missed uh, Game Pass and uh, the guy went at Phil uh, and was kind of a dickhead about uh, the whole situation, Randy Pitchford. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Let's be honest, the game was a bad game. Um, and if it's going to get any type of look, at least for me, it's going to have to go into Game Pass. I'm not putting any money to it. Now, I've heard that Randy is... You know, been much cooler yeah, and been cool about the story. Forgive me. Oh, with was Randy Pitchford? Yeah, forgive me. No, I don't no, know. No, it was that was nothing. He just came. He came. He came uh, Phil had made a tweet about how uh, Moore's lore and how uh, technology was um, slowing down, or it's harder to get more out of. You know. Um, uh, basically, you know, technology, and he came with some tweet that was just a real dickish tweet. Now, I have to say, since then, I know that they've been cool, and they, they you Actually, know, remember, um, I remember when Phil Spencer said that about Moore's Law. Yeah, he had, he, he had quoted the tweet, and he, he took some really weird stance saying that, like, uh, Phil was making excuses for Series X. I don't know. I, I just remember it was a dickhead comment. And um, wasn't a fan of it. Um, but he also, he also, they did this exclusivity stupid thing where they kept it off the platform. And I don't know, if you're going to have a good game, uh, that's one thing, I guess. But if you're going to have a game that's mid, you should be trying to get your, you're putting it on any, all platforms um, at all times. So uh, I don't know. Um, not that I'm, you know, really. Uh, uh, you know, mad about it or whatever. But personally, I'm I wouldn't I'm not gonna play it unless it's in Game Pass. I'm not putting my money into something like that. So, uh, it's it's nice that it came. I guess it's good that you know they patched it up and it came to the platform. But um, I think that going to Game Pass would would actually help the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you would think that this would be a title that would automatically go in there. I mean, it, again, it's a uh uh a co-op looter shooter you think that they would automatically put it in there so i mean it just you know for it to have any success i mean from what i remember the reviews weren't too kind to it and you know most people are like well it's it's okay but you know there are other games that do do the genre better so i'm just kind of curious that again 
that they wouldn't put it on Game Pass. So, yeah, just very telling in my opinion. I mean, if it does come to the service at some point, I might check it out. But I think I'm with you, Tim. I don't think I'd go, you know, go out of my way to buy it personally. Like, there's other other games out there for me that I'm just more interested in. But how about you guys in the chat? Do you want to check out Godfall on Xbox? Definitely let us know. Uh, Shock Buddy, are you there? Do you? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this? Like, uh, are you interested in checking out uh, Godfall at all on Xbox, or is this a hard pass? Yeah, it's definitely probably hard pass for now, unless yeah, like it came to Game Pass. I don't really have much interest in it, but um, yeah, I'll pass unless I know a bunch of people that want it, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's official. I guess I'm just playing crazy. <laughs> no, no, I think that's fine, man. It's just honestly, I'd say as a value proposition, definitely the game is worth at least thirty bucks. Now it's not definitely worth sixty, seventy bucks. That's why I mean, if we're looking at a value proposition now as the ultimate edition, you know, that's where I'm just looking at it. Like I at least feel the game had at least little bit of fun to it but especially if you had friends but i'm going to be interested if it i'm interested if they're going to put it in game pass because that's where i think a lot of you guys would really start to check that game out and if it goes into game pass that's where i really think the game would have some definite um at least change some minds Mm -hmm. well it's just you would think that for the type of game that it is that it would automatically go in there but that's interesting that you say that because the I've actually tried to go see if it's even up for pre-order and it's not even up for pre-order in the store. Like, I mean, if you go on your Xbox and you type in the word Godfall, like it don't exist. Nothing by that name exists. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, it might come to the service at some point. It just, it would just seem like a shoe in. Right. But I mean, that's just my opinion. Anyways, I'm sure there is a few people in the chat that would agree with that. But uh, either way, guys, I mean, it's cool that Godfall's coming. You know, even if it's not on Game Pass, you guys can definitely check it out and, you know, play with Centurion. <laughs> no worries. But uh, all right, guys, I think uh, we went over everything that we needed uh, that we needed to. So we'll start to close things off for tonight. Fun night talking about, well, the Halo TV show, the new cloud publishing division over at Xbox godfall of course and you know news regarding playstation and to everybody that uh has been watching and listening in it was great having you all here uh from everybody just listening in to everybody in the chat hey i love the energy in the chat thanks for uh, all your opinions guys it was great having you here and if you enjoyed tonight's offerings and hey consider dropping that like subbing to the channel and share this out across different social media outlets Again, really, really good times tonight. Now let's head over to some of those outros. Starting off with, you know what, let's start off with our newest member tonight, Crusader Bud. Really awesome show tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Oh, you can follow me at Crusader3456 on Twitter. Um, pretty active there. Do lots of in-depth discussions and things like that. Um, I'm also pretty active over on the Destiny subreddit and the r slash gaming leaks and uh, rumors subreddit where I do uh, write mega threads. Um, so you can follow me there at the same username. All right. All right. Hey, you heard the man. Definitely, uh, 
definitely check him out there. He's, uh, you know, I've, I've gone to his threads and, hey, they are really in-depth. And definitely check out his Twitter, too. He does extensive work updating uh, different threads, too. Uh, very informative fellow, uh, this Crusader is. Moving on here. Centurion Pal, hey, I loved your insight tonight. Uh, definitely lots of good stuff uh, we talked about. Uh, where can these fine people follow you at? Oh, well, thank you to everybody out in the chat for joining us tonight. Uh, for those interested in finding me and my content, you can find me on my channel at Centurion1307 right here on YouTube. You can also locate me on Xbox Live and Twitter at Centurion1307. And you can also find me right here every Sunday night with this amazing group of gentlemen right here on the TXR podcast. Hmm, amazing, he says. I'm blushing. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Now, that's some kind words there. Thank you, Centurion. Moving on over to Eric Shockley. Buddy, I think you had a fantastic show tonight. Uh, love the discussions. Uh, where can everybody listening and follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, thanks to Crusader uh, joining the team. Um, but yeah, good show tonight, guys. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Of course. And Tim Dog, buddy. Hey, awesome show. Uh, quite the spectacle tonight. And uh, yeah, where can everybody follow you at? XCloud Tim Dog on Twitter. And uh, watch the Oscars. Somebody got punched in the face. Oh yeah, I've been. Uh, wild. I I can't believe. What? Like, yeah, Will Smith slapped the crap out of Chris Rock on stage. Now I don't know. Do you guys think real. that was staged? It no, it was no. not. Like it's not real. It's real. Because I saw the I saw the uncensored version, and you could tell um, it was real. And then I just read on uh, L.A. Times that Denzel Washington and somebody else consoled will and they took him to the side and rock was i guess he made a joke about her hair her being bald but she has a condition called a pro propecia mm, yeah and I, I i don't think he knew that it was a light-hearted joke and the dude just went up and slapped him in the face and then chris was like whoa and then will's like keep my wife's name out of your mouth and then he says it again. He says, screams it. Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. The whole place is quiet. I was like, holy shit, this is real. Feel bad. I I, I kind of lost. Her. Didn't didn't he just break up? Didn't she cheat on him? And she was screwing another dude like a year ago. I don't know. I just don't think that that you could go and do what he did. I get it. To a I just dropped the video too. in our group chat. Um, she <laughs> she has um pretty bad depression about her hair loss too from what i've yes. read yeah and so, you could see you could see when he made the joke she looked like she saw a ghost yeah will, will yeah. was laughing but you could see I, the way he went the slap i thought was fake for a second and then i saw how will the camera kept on will and his face i was like uh Either he gets a performance. Yeah, I mean, listen, and he's up for an Oscar that yeah. he's going to win. But I don't know. I mean, listen, you could you see that was genuine, like hatred yeah, come out of him. <laughs> I mean, they could have handled it differently. I, I, I just think uh, if it was somebody else, I mean, Chris, Chris Rock is such a good guy. It's he's such a class act, and he handled it like a class act. 
But I just felt like, bad, like I mean, yeah. I'm shocked he was still smiling after that. Like, oh, I just yeah. he was probably just like, okay, did not. He handled the great going to get taken that way. It, it annoyed I'm, me. I'm trying to find it. Someone already made a gif of Will slapping him, and the Sonic rings come out of him. I, I know, cannot find you, it. You, you know it's not coming, man. But good show tonight, guys. Uh, Crusader, you are. Awesome. And Centurion, we got an all-star cast now. When we get MLD, um, we're really going to be, uh, you know, uh, something special. So keep up the good work, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Tim's absolutely correct. And you know what, guys, to close off the show, to close off the group, uh, you can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I've been putting out a few trophy guides recently, and I hope to get into uh, Kirby very, very soon, actually. Uh, Kirby looks pretty fun. But uh, good show tonight, gentlemen. And again, great crowd. We look forward to seeing you all here next Sunday. Have a good one. We will see you later. Bye.